1 Timothy chapter 5, verse 17 through chapter 6, verse 2. Let the elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain and the laborer deserves his wages. Do not admit a charge against an elder except on the evidence of two or three witnesses. As for those who persist in sin, rebuke them in the presence of all so that the rest may stand in fear. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Do not be hasty in the laying on of hands, nor take part in the sins of others. Keep yourself pure. No longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach and your frequent ailments. The sins of some people are conspicuous, going before them to judgment, but the sins of others appear later. So also good works are conspicuous, and even those that are not cannot remain hidden. Let all who are under a yoke as bondservants regard their own masters as worthy of all honor, so that the name of God and the teaching may not be reviled. Those who have believing masters must not be disrespectful on the ground that they are brothers. Rather, they must serve all the better since those who benefit by their good service are believers and beloved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. All righty. So here we got some more, um, you know, he, he's kind of starting to to zoom out. We're approaching the, the end of the letter. That's right. And we got more uh, practical civil advice. I love, you know, there's there's some, uh, he's just given a, a lot of really good advice. And then in parentheses in your Bible, it says, by the way, no longer drink only water, but use a little wine for the sake of your stomach. Like such a, that, that's such like a, a dad thing to say. <laughs> yeah. Are you taking your vitamins? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, I just, are you getting you, enough sleep? You know, a couple episodes ago, you used like the image of like the father dropping the son off at college. That's right. And I just like, I, I just had this like image of a dad, like putting the vitamins in his son's dorm room. <laughs> I sent you an Amazon package. Yeah. Yeah. I hope you, hope you got it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, he starts off here by saying, Hey, those, those elders in your church that are, that are teaching and preaching, um, Hey, that's hard work. Be sure to honor them. But it doesn't yeah. say to, it doesn't say to, to, to worship them. It doesn't yeah. say to put them up on a pedestal. It yeah. just says, Hey, yeah. that's take special note of those folks that are teaching and preaching and, 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 you know, yeah. help them out, let, yeah. let them know they're supported. Uh, and I think that's a that that's good. That's a good reminder of Paul saying, "Hey, rightly dividing the word in the church is very important, Timothy. You want yeah, to make sure that the church is rightly dividing the word of God, mm-hmm. and and you want to support those folks that are doing that, not for those folks' sake, mm. but for the church's sake." Yeah. Now that that is such a practical piece of advice. That's so true today. Is you know like. It's so easy to armchair quarterback the like preaching of God's word, and it is so dang hard to do. And here, 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 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I like constantly think about for UNDs how y'all are, you know, on like a and anyone else who's preaching regularly, like my friend Sam or you know other people. Like you're on like a hamster wheel of just like constantly, you know, the, the next thing is always, you know, you, you just got to keep writing these sermons and some of them are going to feel amazing. And some of them are just faithfully walking through God's word. That's right. Every, uh, every, I mean, all of yours are amazing, Thomas. Yeah. Thanks. Will. that's yeah. good. That's yeah. good. We'll, uh, we'll bring that up in the review later. <laughs> no, I, I, uh, you know, when you're, when you're prepping for a sermon, it is a lot of work. And on on Sundays and then on on Tuesday nights, there's a lot of prep work that goes into those mm-hmm. those sermons. And the I, I'm guilty of this too. A lot of times, people will say, "How was church?" And what you don't know is that in your answer, you're giving a critique of if you like the sermon or not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're like, "It's pretty good," or "Oh, it's great." Yeah. Um, yeah. Or like, "Eh, you know." And I think. Look, we, we're we're according to Paul here being um, exhorted. Hey, what we're looking for is folks that are are true to the text yeah. and trying to rightly divide the Word of God, so that the church is built up in Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, there's there's some grace given to that. Yeah, and that makes me think too. Just one quick note on that before we move on is that. Uh, Paul David Tripp has a great book called Dangerous Calling, which yeah. does a really good job of trying to talk you out of going into ministry. That's right. Um, but one of the things that he he talks about is basically, you know, so many pastors who burn out or who fall from grace in ministry, a lot of the times it's because they don't feel supported by their congregation. And, and you know, it is just a good you know, for me and for anyone else who's not in like a, a pastoral role in a church, like love and support your pastors, you know, and, and check in on them and um, honor that really heavy, heavy task that they bear. Because occasionally we do have dreams where we wake up and we're in a cold sweat because we have dreamt that we walked up to the pulpit to preach and had nothing to say. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrifying feeling. Um, but <laughs> then after that, I had one of those the other day. Um, uh. After after that, he uh, he he presses on in part of what is his final exhortation in this first letter to Timothy of a few more things. Um, he says, in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus and of the elect angels, I charge you to keep these rules without prejudging, doing nothing from partiality. Mm-hmm. I think that idea of being partial is a really good idea to take into church. Mm. It's so easy to get partial. And when we get partial, we overlook things in our own life yeah, and in other people's lives yeah. that are, are not the pursuit of holiness. Yeah. And so I think we ought to, we, we ought to just say, Hey, we're all on an equal playing field. Yeah. We're all, we're all, uh, born again believers. If we are all born again, believers, but all born, all born again, believers are on the equal playing field. And I don't just turn a blind eye to stuff. I'm not, I'm not just going to be partial because I like somebody in church leadership in particular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you know, then he kind of follows this whole section with this great promise about how, Basically, some sins are hidden and some are in plain sight, 
And likewise, some uh, good deeds are hidden and some are in plain That's sight. Right. That's right. Both will all be known. You, you know, like I think a life that is quietly faithful and where you're just watering the soil around you mm-hmm. and doing good in, in the dark, like there, and this is so fitting coming off of, we just did Proverbs 10 and you know, there's so many, so much there just about like that is always ultimately rewarded. Yeah. And wicked is ultimately always punished. And, and you know, he, he just has like a great little um, encouragement there to continue to pursue good and, and not be swept away in that there's waters of partiality and prejudice. That's right. And that, that idea that everything's going to come out in the wash. Yep. Um, it kind of goes back to the opening lines of, of this book where he says, Hey, we want to live a peaceful, godly and quiet life mm-hmm. in Christ. Mm-hmm. We're not out there to make a splash for exactly. ourselves. Exactly. We're, we're out there to make a splash for Jesus and just keep being faithful. If you're being faithful, mm-hmm. the Lord, the, the Lord knows he yeah. sees what we're doing and he will reward I do want to touch on this last section because it does have the it does have slavery in it. The mm-hmm. last section, the first two verses of chapter six, yeah. and nowhere in the Bible is you know it we're, are we commanded hey let's go let's go support slavery those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but Paul is teaching something very interesting here, mm-hmm. and that is Christians in a lot of ways lose their rights. Mm-hmm. The right we have is to serve others like Christ served us. Yeah. And he is exhorting these folks, hey, I know you're a Christian. You claim Christ. That doesn't mean you get to be rebellious in the state of being that Christ found you in. Mm-hmm. And we, we, I think we can apply this to our bosses, our yeah. families, yeah. our, like, hey, in some ways as a Christian, I, you know, I don't have to subject myself to things that are going to, going to, you know, make me sin, those kinds of things. But in other ways, I am kind of a doormat. Yeah. I do kind of have to turn the other cheek. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, okay, God's put this person in my life and I need to find a way to to honor them, to serve them, to support them. Mm-hmm. These Christians were pridefully claiming. Uh, yeah. This, I don't owe you anything. I don't owe you yeah. anything. And it, it really was a rebellious nature that they had. Yeah. Absolutely. And you know, the Bible, even in Leviticus, like the Bible condemns chattel slavery. And so, you know, so much of the baggage of this comes to mind. But I I think you're dead on in that where this is really applicable for us is, you know, it's actually when, you know, in early American history, this passage was used to protect the slave trade. That's right. That is a perversion of the text. Yes, it is. But where this is applicable to us is, you're right, this whole like obsession with rights that we have, it is, you know, unfounded ultimately because we have, you know, our example is Christ who emptied himself, though he had the ultimate right. He was in the form of God. That's right. He didn't consider that something worth holding on to, but emptied himself. And yeah, and so this little command is is basically saying that this identity that you have in Christ does not free you to be a jerk and to like, you know, screw the man, but it is actually, 
it frees you to humiliate yourself before others. That's right. We, we, as Christ served us, we are to serve others. Amen. And sometimes this is an old, an old kind of cliche statement, but it still rings true. The true test of a servant is when they're treated like a servant. Mm. We, you know, if I say, oh, I'm a servant for Christ, but then I get treated like a servant. I don't really like that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the test of man. Am I really serving others the way that Christ selflessly served me mm-hmm. and doing that for the sake of the gospel and the witness of Jesus? And there's something to that idea that really flies in the face of our, um, our rights that we mm-hmm. so, so boldly claim. Uh, and yeah. that's one way we can really stand out. Yeah. And in, in 2022, uh, we can stand out if we choose to serve others in the name of yeah. Christ by the power of Christ. Yeah. Everybody is obsessed with freedom. That's like right. the far left is obsessed with, you know, the, the freedom for abortion, the freedom for sexual revolution, you know, those sort of more like progressive forms of freedom. The, the far right is, you know, more on the like traditional constitutional freedom urge and obsession. And yeah, you're right. The place for, I mean, for Christians to stand out in this cultural moment is, well, if we were the people who already knew we were free, so we didn't have to freaking fight for it all the time. That's right. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, we could just like know that we're free regardless of what Mm -hmm. circumstance we find ourselves in. Yes. The, the King is coming. Yeah. And those in Christ will rule and reign with him and it will be Amazing to be a part of his kingdom. All will be made right Amen. in the intermediary time that we're in. We are going to rule and reign in the future with Christ. It's going to be amazing, but he's left us here to serve Amen. and to serve like Christ served us and to give ourselves up so that others might know the Lord. Amen. So let's keep that mindset about us, the mind that was in Christ as servants of Christ. Well, for Will Carlisle, I'm Thomas Nelson. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to Our Daily Rhythm. I'm Jason Dees, one of the pastors of Christ's Covenant, and Our Daily Rhythm is a ministry of our church designed to help you more faithfully and effectively meditate on God's Word. If you ever have a question for us about one of our Bible readings or one of your own Bible readings, please don't hesitate to text us at 404-465-1737. Again, that's 404-465-1737. Or email me directly at jason at christcovenant.com. We'll meet you again tomorrow for Our Daily Rhythm.